HIV, AIDS, and people of color. Since the beginning of the epidemic, black and brown people have been disproportionately affected by HIV. Well, today, what you need to know about the efforts to turn things around. Uh, good morning to all of you out there. Thank you so much for watching NBC6 Voices. I'm Jawan Strader. Well, today we're looking at HIV and AIDS and some of the reasons out there why Broward and Miami-Dade counties continue to lead the country with new diagnosis. National Black HIV and Awareness Day is just around the corner on February 7th. It's an opportunity for us to address some of the issues happening here in South Florida. And if you think HIV or AIDS can affect you, think again. Take a look here. Black people made up 45% of all people living with HIV in Florida in 2018. Also, black people received 39% of new HIV diagnosis, while Latinos received 34%, up 9% from their white counterparts. And of the more than 1,900 people diagnosed with AIDS in Florida, 49% were black. Now, that's more than the number of whites and Latinos combined. And one of the most staggering statistics out there when it comes to HIV is this. According to the CDC, one in seven black Americans with the virus are not aware that they have it. And joining me now here to discuss this a little further is Lorenzo Robertson. He is the executive director of the Ujima Man's Collective, or Ujima Man's <laughs> Collective. We're also joined by Greg Jacques. He's the associate director of the testing services for the AIDS Healthcare Foundation. Fellas, welcome to the show this morning. Thank you Thank for having you me. Thank you so much for joining us. This is a very important discussion, one that always needs to be had in our community. Mm -hmm. Well, Lorenzo, let's talk about your story first and foremost, because a lot of people don't, some know who you are, mm -hmm. and then some of them out there may not know who you are. Okay. I want you to share, uh, share with everyone out there your story a well, little bit. Well, basically, like in 1997, I was diagnosed with AIDS because at the time I was um, beyond HIV. So it was AIDS, I had like 11 T cells, and at that point, my family was thinking I was gonna die, so I just thought it was like time to prepare for death. Oh, wow. And that was basically how it was at that time. But um, and when I was diagnosed, I, I immediately didn't think that I was going to die. I was thinking to myself, like, I'm going to live. I don't know why I thought that, but I thought I was going to live, and I didn't think I was going to die anytime soon, and I didn't. I just changed the way I looked at life. I was like, life, HIV is living with me, but I'm not, you know, it's not going to change the way I'm going to live my life. And what so what pushed you through? What pushed you through? I think it was just my family and my determination that I did not want to die at that time. And at least I did not want to die from AIDS at that time. So I wanted to continue to persevere and do things. There are things in my life that I wanted to do. So I continued to um, write and act and do other things that I wanted to become an ad advocate for AIDS and HIV. So it was just kind of like, I have things to do, so I'm not ready to die. Amen. So you've been, you're, not, you're not ready to die. A lot of us aren't ready to die, of course, but you've been an advocate mm -hmm. out there in the community educating. You didn't just sit back no. and, and let it take over your life. You've been out there educating others about HIV and AIDS. Yeah, I started working for a nonprofit. I was already working at a nonprofit at the time, but then I started working for another one, People of Color AIDS Coalition in the St. Pete area. And I was the director of education and prevention and working in the community to educate the community about HIV and the importance of getting tested. And that was kind of how I got my start in HIV, working in the organization to actually talk about HIV. Okay, well, we're gonna get a little bit more uh, in detail 
about you, your story, and mm -hmm. what you are doing. Uh, but next to you is Greg Jacques. And, and Greg, uh, you are the Associate Director of Testing Services. So you've seen a lot when it comes to testing out there. Yeah. What is the biggest, um, I guess, myth attached, even with testing? that you've seen, or the biggest fear, of course, is that you may be diagnosed with it, but what are you seeing that's driving people away from getting tested and knowing their status? I think it's the lack of knowledge. You know, a lot of people just don't want to know. You know, if their partner is, uh, is feeling well and they've gone to the doctor, they don't want to know, especially specifically uh, us black males, you know, if my wife or girlfriend got tested and they went to the doctor and Nothing came back. You're like, okay, I'm uh, good then. I'm good. Oh, she already went to the doctor. <laughs> I'm good. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to worry about anything. And the other myth is that um, when we go to the ER and they say, oh, the doctor ran everything. I had everything done. Then what exactly did you have done? What tests did they run? Oh, they ran this, this, this. But did, are you sure they ran the HIV test? No. Because if they didn't run the HIV test, then you don't know. Right. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know why you may have trouble breathing or be a short, let it be a shortness of breath or whatever have you. What were some of the symptoms that you saw uh, back then when, when you were diagnosed? Well, before I had gotten diagnosed, I was like having shortness of breath. I would be out hanging out with my friends. We were like standing on the street, you know, just talking. And I will be sweating profusely. It's just a lot of those types of things. And I didn't know why. I was just like, gosh, I, everyone else, I'm looking at everyone else. No one else is sweating at all. Yeah. And I'm just drenched in sweat. I'm like, well, what is going on with me? It was those types of things. Um, and just some night sweats and those, some of the things that I knew about that were associated with right. HIV, but I didn't associate it with me because I was like, I don't have HIV, so that's not what it is. Well, what do you think is the biggest issue here when it comes to the black community and why the numbers are so high in the black community? And, I, and this is something that both of you can answer here. I mean, for me, I think a part of it is like I'm, I'm Greg was saying, it's education. A part of it's education, but also as a part of it, our apathy that we don't want to know about HIV. And because when we start thinking about HIV, you have to look at who you are. And we, for so long, HIV in our community had been associated with gay people. So therefore, I can't be HIV positive if I'm a heterosexual black man, because then people are going to automatically think that I'm gay. Right. I mean, even going to get tested sometimes, it's like, oh, you must be HIV. You must think you're doing something wrong because you're getting tested for HIV. Yeah. Or even when you work in the community, working in the AIDS service organization, people automatically assume sometimes that you must be HIV positive. That's why you work in this particular area. So, I mean, those are some of the type of things that I know that have impacted people in terms of why they don't want to get tested, why they don't want to know about it. And also, even with our religion, our churches and th those types of things, some of our churches are very involved in their involved in there Absolutely. actually having it. Yes. There are other churches that preach against saying it's God's, you know, God's punishment for your aberrant behavior. So yeah. it just depends on where you are and those types of things as well. So Greg? And just to piggyback off um, what Lorenzo was saying, religion does have a big factor and uh, we're going to take a layer, layer um, deeper, uh, especially in the Haitian community, mm -hmm. you know, believing in uh, voodoo or home remedies, you know, uh, you know, instead of going out and get tested I and knowing their status. So, yeah. you know, and also the other part is stigma. Stigma play a huge part, uh, like Lorenzo was saying, you know, it's, it's a gate. Um, folks 
associated as a gay-related uh, disease, and in reality, anyone could anybody uh, can get it yeah. because it's like, oh, some people tell, well, I'm not, I'm yeah. heterosexual, I'm, I'm not right. gay, yeah. so I, I don't have it. Next thing you know, boom, you go, yeah, yes, <laughs> all of a sudden, a doctor problem. says, boom, you are, you are positive. Right. Real fast, what Ujima? Ujima, tell me a little bit about what Ujima does. Um, the Ujima Men's Collective, basically what we do is we do education um, for same-gender-loving men, black same-gender-loving men. Um, really, to do, we, we do education in five areas. We have five tenets that we work under, leadership, advocacy, spirituality, relationships, health, and wellness. We really try to get black same-gender-loving men to look at themselves in terms of who you are as a person and not necessarily only about HIV because HIV is extremely important. But we want to talk about other things to make them look at how I can live my life openly in the light, live authentically, mm -hmm. as opposed to living in the shadows. You, you know, it's interesting because I go back to 1991. There's this man, Magic Johnson, Irvin Magic Johnson, <laughs> comes out in 1991 at a press conference. He is forced to retire from mm -hmm. the NBA after announcing that he has tested positive for HIV. Right. Now, that was a total shock. Right, yeah. First of all, you didn't see a high-profile celebrity who's athletic, who is supposed to be this heterosexual male, athletic and pro player, come right. out and say, I am HIV positive. Right. And, oh, it's a death sentence, by the way. Exactly. If you get HIV, it's a death sentence. That was the stigma back then. That seemed to be the case back then. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, we're talking about this. 30, almost 30 years later, 30 years later, Max Johnson's healthy. Yeah. He's doing just fine. Mm -hmm. You talked about your story. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about how times have changed? Yes, time definitely has changed from the treatment. Back in the days, it was a cocktail of medication till now it's just one pill a day. Mm -hmm. The only challenge is remember and take that one pill a day. <laughs> setting reminders uh, to take that one pill a day. Um, and, and there are some challenges. Our goal at AIDS Healthcare Foundation is to address those barriers. Once we identify a positive, our goal is to link, ensure that client get into treatment within 72 hours or that same day if, if available. Okay, Greg Lorenzo, I want you guys to hold the thought right now. We need to take a quick break. We're gonna be right back with more on the discussion on HIV and AIDS and the importance of getting tested. We'll be right back. Hi, right, welcome back to NBC6 Voices. National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day is February 7th. We're continuing our conversation with Greg Jacques. He's the Director of Testing Services for the AIDS Healthcare Foundation and Lorenzo Robertson. He's the Executive Director of the Ujima Men's Collective. That's it, ooh, that time. <laughs> well, okay, let's get back to our discussion on living now with HIV and AIDS. It's not impossible for you to live with HIV and AIDS now that we're uh, in the in, in 2020 and, and you know even the previous years when some people thought it was a death sentence. Yeah, I mean I live with a I live with HIV. I live with AIDS every day, and I just take a pill, my one pill every day, and it's not for me. It's not has not been a challenge. I mean, even in the beginning, it was not. Um, difficult to make sure that I took my medication because I knew I wanted to live and I knew this was the vehicle that I needed to do to use to actually be able to live and so I just continued to took my medication exercise did the things that I was told to do by my doctor but also tried to live a um, stress-free life all those things that normal that regular people who are not living with HIV same things that impact them
them, they will impact you even more, even greater if you are living with HIV. So I tried to live a stress-free life, eat healthy, all those types of things. Amen. They exercise, they tell you what to do. I try to do all those things. So I did that and I'm still here and since still 1997. Here. Since still 1997, <laughs> amen to that. Okay, well, well, Greg, I wanted to ask you, what are some of the excuses you hear from people who want to avoid getting tested? Oh, some of the excuses, oh, I was tested yesterday, or where, did, where were you tested? Or my girlfriend is, is fine, or my partner is okay, I, I don't need to get tested. Or, or some are just, are just scared, mm -hmm. are just scared, just don't At least know. they're being honest if yeah, they're saying that right. they're just scared, but what do you tell them if they say, I'm scared, I don't want to know my status? Like, what do you tell them? Like, don't, no need to worry. We'll get you in five, in, within seven minutes, we'll, you'll be in and out, you know, if anything, if, if you test positive, our goal is to ensure that you get into treatment within 72 hours. And if you test negative today, our goal is to ensure that you stay negative and educate, continue to educate your community about staying negative, about HIV. We all need to be an advocate. We all have a responsibility within the book. And, and, and let's talk real fast uh, before we get to some of the drugs. Let's real fast about how testing has changed, though. Because, see, back in 95, I think that was the first time I, I did it. You know, I said, okay, I'm going to get tested. And, and I want to know my status. And I was terrified, man. <laughs> and then they said, it's going to take like two and a half, three weeks. <laughs> I went back and they said, listen, you got to walk in this room because it's a private thing. And I said, why do I have to walk in the room? They said, oh my goodness, hold on. Somebody's going to come and talk to you. I said, talk to me? What did I do? And I'm like, my life is over. It's over. And that's exact. And then they came in. It's like, oh, you're fine. <laughs> and I'm like, really? You just, I just had a heart attack. So I already died from a heart attack right then and there. Right. How is, how, how has that changed now? Oh, uh, the testing <laughs> has changed dramatically. Um, that, like you said, two weeks, people used to have yeah. to wait two weeks. Those were the worst two weeks ever. Right. You, you started thinking about everybody you had relationships <laughs> with and yeah. who I'm going to kill. All the people. That, that <laughs> is true. <laughs> we fast, we fast forward to, to today where um, HIV test is one, one minute. We utilize a technology wow. called ISTE. In 60 seconds, you're, you're getting your results right then and there. In so, one minute? In one minute. Wow, and that is amazing. Yeah, so with, the, with that ability, it allows us to go and uh, test in any venues, uh, park at a, a Pride event or a Martin Luther King event on the corner of Liberty City, uh, 5th, uh, 54th and 12th, yeah. providing HIV testing, getting people in and out. And you, and I know you wanted to chime in real fast. I know, I know, because Lorenzo was like, oh, I got to say something about well, this. Well, no, I work at the Pride Center also, so okay. therefore, but we um, do testing as well. Not the NC, we don't do the one-minute test. Okay. But we do test, but, you know, you'll get your results in like 20 minutes. So, therefore, okay. even oh, that, it's, so it's, good, it's still that's not so two good. weeks. Yeah. So, therefore, you have the opportunity to talk with the person while they're sitting there waiting there. You know, they're anxious, like, yeah. I don't know, I know no, what I've waiting. done. I know the people. So, therefore, we have that opportunity to really counsel them, talk yeah. to them about what they've done, and then also look at how can we look at the future in terms of your you come back non-reactive, so therefore you're yeah. not exposed to HIV at this point. Right. What can we do differently in the future? Trying to counsel them to how they can live their life differently, so therefore not they're not exposing themselves to HIV. All right, well, let's talk about the drugs then. Okay, so let's talk about the drugs that are helping people to live with HIV today and AIDS. Let's talk about some of those drugs out there because uh, what is it true? Because I see the com the commercial for it. Uh, it's true. True Vada. True Vada. True Vada. I want to say it right. I'm like, come on, help me out, guys. Help me out with this. True Vada. True Vada. That that happens to be one of the main drugs out there. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Okay. And so uh, 
Now, with this drug, as far as the cost is concerned, uh, now, is it tough when you have health insurance and you're trying to, uh, you know, as far as afford this drug? Hmm. Can, well, you, can, can any <laughs> of you add to that? So one of the challenges... Because it, it helps you, well, it helps you to avoid getting HIV. Right. Yeah. right. So, right. so Travada is used in two ways. Mm -hmm. um, one is to treat the HIV disease and also to prevent the HIV um, uh, virus, which is known as PrEP. Mm -hmm. So if, you're, if you test negative and you want, you want to continue to stay negative, um, there's PrEP Travada, which is available uh, to anyone uh, that, that's, that's interested. We provide uh, this access at our, one of our clinic in downtown Fort Lauderdale, okay. Broad Wellness, uh, where you'll meet with, after you test with the counselor, you'll meet with another counselor, a prep navigator, yeah. and they will uh, go over your, risk, uh, over your risk assessment, go review, uh, conduct some labs, and start you on, on prep. And every three months you come in, it's sort of, they compare it sort of like a um, birth control. Okay. Well, how often should people get tested for uh, HIV and AIDS? How, how often should they go to get tested? Well, it really depends on their risk level. Um, if you are like a person who's sexually active, mm -hmm. you should get tested at least three to six, every three to six months. Okay. But if you're a person who's like, you have a, a one partner, you're assuming that your partner's unfaithful, um, you may get tested like every six months or annually. Yeah. Just depending on your, it depends on your you're risk level. Yeah, okay. your sexual activity. Okay. Brother, I had to say, make your partner is faithful. Well, yeah, yeah. Keyword. Yeah, right. make sure you, keyword right there, uh, yeah. your partner is faithful. Both. Amen to that. Both sides. A Both amen to that. And, and real fast, I, I know time is winding down. What are some of the biggest challenges you see, though, as far as the South Florida community? Because as we, we hit upon it at the top of the show, South Florida, compared to the rest of the country, it is scary yeah. how we compare it to the rest of the country when it comes to HIV and AIDS. What do you think needs to be done? I, I think uh, just continue getting tested. Um, don't, don't be afraid. Ask your doctor for an HIV test because uh, a lot of providers, private offices, don't offer HIV tests. They'll give you, test you for everything else that you don't need, but not HIV tests or in an STD panel, mm -hmm. test you for gonorrhea, chlamydia, and syphilis. And um, so that's, that's the goal. Get tested, go to your nearest um, uh, testing center. You could go to freehivtest.net for uh, information. And, I, and that's what I'm going to get to right now. And first and for, foremost, I want to say thank you to both of you. Oh, thank, you. Uh, thank you. Every, I mean, we've had a, a, an enlightened conversation. Okay. And I know we've smiled and we've, had some, <laughs> we've shared some laughs and everything, but this is a serious mm -hmm. issue. I'm so glad we we're able to talk about it. Thank you both for joining us this morning and talking about this. So if you need help finding a free HIV testing location, be sure, you heard it here, to log on to freehivtest.net. There's also a Florida HIV AIDS hotline for information, community referrals, and supportive telephone counseling at numbers 1-800-FLA-AIDS or 800-352-2437. It's for both English and Spanish speakers. And before we head to break, here's what's coming up here in the South Florida community, an event that we want to tell you about. You may want to check it out. Art and Soul, the Ernie Barnes exhibition is now open at the Miramar Cultural Center. It runs until February 29th. 11 iconic works of art from Barnes are on display there, including the famed Sugar Shack used on the television show Good Times, one of my favorite shows, and a Marvin Gaye album cover. The gallery is open from 9 to 5 o'clock, Monday through Thursday, and on weekends. It's located at 2400 Civic Center Place in Miramar. Admission is free.
And we want to tell you about the Voices Podcast. You can listen to the show's episodes anytime and anywhere. Be sure to subscribe to Voices on the Apple Podcast apps. Well, that's it for our show today. What a great discussion. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And you can also message us on social media if you have a story idea. And before we go, remember, education is the key to success. If you believe, you will succeed. We'll see you next time. Have a great weekend.